Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, November 21st, 531 a.m. Central Time. Grain market's a little bit higher this morning. December corn futures up one and three quarters at 471 and a quarter. January soybeans up six and a quarter at 1373 and a half. December Chicago wheat up a half at 544. December Kansas City wheat up one and a half at 612. December spring wheat up four at 711 and a quarter. Let's start off with the wheat market, which we don't do very often, but uh, it's been ugly. Kansas City wheat futures posted their lowest trade in 27 months on Monday. The nearby December contract posted the lowest trade for any spot contract, bottoming near 607 per bushel. Spot futures peaked near 1379 in May of 2022 following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Both SRW and spring wheat futures are at risk of posting fresh lows here this morning. This is pretty ugly. It wasn't that long ago that we were told that there was going to be famine and starvation and things along those lines following Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the Black Sea implications. And now this uh, Kansas City contract, and, and we talk about HRW here because that's the crop that we grow the most of here in the United States. I know people like to talk about Chicago wheat futures, but we grow the most um, HRW wheat here in the United States. That's our biggest wheat crop. So this thing peaked at 1379 uh, in May of 22 following the invasion. And we're down to 607 was yesterday's low. So this thing has lost 56% from the May 22 high. Maybe that's a bit hyperbolic. We didn't spend very much time up there. But this thing is absolutely falling apart. Um, a couple things to be aware of here. Russia is essentially the global price setter when it comes to this particular variety of wheat. And they are undercutting the United States on the export market. So we're not doing any material export business as it relates to HRW wheat. We have seen some kind of abnormal SRW uh wheat sales on the export market, but not not what we need to see. Uh, there's been some rains in the Black Sea. Russia, Ukraine have caught some beneficial rains recently. U.S. Uh, crop conditions are close to average, so there's nothing to be concerned about there. I know there's still drought in the Southern Plains, but that's it's an old story. Uh, funds are short the market. They've, they've pressured this thing. They've got a lot of carry in the market that they can roll into. I think part of what's going on here is like um, what I would call like a rubber band effect. So this thing went way too damn high when it rallied. Uh, last year. And now we're seeing the the opposite. The rubber band's going to stretch back probably too far in the other direction. And then the last thing I wrote down, and this is a question for all of our markets uh, as it relates to grains, livestock, commodities, what is a new bottom of the barrel price for wheat in a post-COVID, post-inflation environment? We've asked the same question about corn. We've asked the same question about soybeans. Like when things get bad, you know, bottom of the barrel Kansas City wheat prior to COVID was like, four dollars on the board what is bottom of the barrel now is it six dollars is it five dollars i don't know and i don't know if there is a new bottom of the barrel but i think that that's one of the like billion dollar questions across the commodity complex that people just don't talk about it's like we talk about the fundamentals we talk about carryouts we talk about yields but that's like a big picture thing that really matters and and i guess maybe in this cycle we find out what a new bottom of the barrel wheat price is i don't know because i don't see anything here that's 
uh, really friendly. So uh, not the best news to start off this morning. <laughs> uh, Brazil's soybean planting is the slowest in four years. According to well-followed private group, private group Ag Rural, Brazil's 23-24 soybean planting was 68% complete as of last Thursday. Last year during the same week, 80% of the crop had been planted. Poor weather conditions have hindered planting. Southern Brazil is experiencing heavy rainfall, while northern Brazil is suffering from high temperatures and a shortage of moisture. Last week, Ag Rural reduced its forecast for this season's Brazilian soybeans and said more cuts were possible. So this is a similar statistic on, in regard to planting progress to what we saw yesterday from a different group. Uh, there is some rain on the radar this morning in Argentina, uh, some of Argentina's most important corn and soybean areas catching some rain this morning. Brazil's going to catch some more rain here the next four or five days, and uh, it's, it's going to be kind of spotty. It's not going to be everywhere, more so in the far south and then kind of like western areas, your more easternish areas are going to be dry and then following this thing you've got a little bit more rain behind it and then you may revert drier toward the end of the month and then after that there is a question mark like do we revert to a normal uh, type wetter pattern in the month of december or is is there a continued dry spell that's the question and the soybean market appears to be airing on the side of dry for the moment and adding some weather premium there's a lot of talk about reduced crop prospects Maybe it's too early, maybe it's not, but I think that this is this situation in, in Brazil, the dryness in Brazil, in your uh, central and northern areas, I think that's what's driving this uh, soybean rally. So if you guys have not already checked out our premium content, you need to check it out. Joe, can you tell me about the mailbag video you put together yesterday? Yesterday was grain marketing mailbag. So this is where I take questions from subscribers, uh, mostly related to grain marketing and answer them. One of them was this, I'm sold out of soybeans. What if I miss the rally? And this is a concern that I think all of you guys can relate to, to some extent at some point in your career, uh, you don't have the cash bushels and you feel like naked almost like I don't have the bushels. What happens if the, if the market rallies? Uh, we addressed that. I think that's a concern maybe for soybeans, for corn. I feel like most people are probably in the opposite situation. Like I didn't sell enough. And if you are sold out of corn, that's probably a good thing at this point. There are also a lot of things as it relates to uh, rolling HTAs capture and carry, the interest rate situation, uh, re-ownership, which I hate and I talked about in this video. And also um, there was a comment uh, indicating that I should run for political office, uh, which I have no interest in. But in any case, if you guys wanna see the uh, premium stuff, remember this is the best way to support what we're doing here. This is the only thing that enables us to do the podcast every day is this uh, premium subscription that we offer. Go to standardgrain.com. This is a $50 per month subscription. Cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything. I'll sign up this morning. It takes like one minute. I'll send you over a copy of this morning's email, which includes the six most recent premium videos. U.S. row crop harvest is nearly complete. The corn crop was 93% harvested nationally through Sunday compared to 91% on average. USDA did not print a soybean harvest number as activity is mostly complete. U.S. winter wheat ratings improved to 48%, good to excellent from 47% last week. Uh, conditions in the Southern Plains are not great. Kansas is in like the 30s, I think, in the good to excellent category. So, I mean, there's some issues here, but the drought down there is just, it's it sucks, but it's not a new story. 
And it seems like for the markets to really react to, first of all, wheat doesn't really react to the the fall ratings. If, if they're bad in the spring, maybe it'll start to react. But for now, it's just, I think the market's kind of glossing over that. U.S. soybean shipments declined last week. USDA reported that 59 million bushels of soybeans were inspected for export during the week ending November 16th. The print was down 17% compared to the previous week and 35% versus the same week last year. Corn shipments declined 22% versus the prior week at 22 million bushels. Wheat shipments were reported at 13 million bushels, up 61% compared to the prior week and 23% versus the same week last year. Wheat shipments were actually decent, relatively speaking. This 1.6 in soybeans is really not where we need to be this time of year. Um, Accumulated shipments of soybeans are off like 9% year to date. Uh, We should be doing a little bit better there. Corn shipments were also kind of sub-average. We've got river issues again. I know some rain on the radar here this morning, but uh, it's going to be dry again after that. And that's uh, that's still a problem. And, and I don't want to talk about it every day, but this river thing is is still problematic. USDA reported a flash sale of U.S. corn on Monday. U.S. exporters sold 104,000 metric tons of corn to Mexico for delivery during the current marketing year. A small sale to our normal buyer. Corn sales have really improved the last few months. I mean, it was back. It was not that long ago, two, three months ago, that we were talking about how bad the book of corn export sales is. And now we are up 33% year to date. USDA is projecting a 22% increase overall. Um, are we going to ship everything that we sold uh, You know, after the first of the year? I don't know. That's one of the things that remains to be seen. And a lot of that may hinge on uh, that second Brazilian crop. And they don't even plant that till after the first of the year. Yesterday, the dollar index hit a low of 103.37, its lowest point since September 1st. The decline follows last week's drop of 2%, which was the index's largest weekly percentage decline since mid-July. The decline is due to investors largely believing that the Fed is done raising rates and may soon lower them. The markets are currently factoring in a greater than 50% chance of a cut of at least 25 basis points by May. Also yesterday, the euro hit its highest level since mid-August and the yen rose to a six and a half week high. Traditional wisdom would tell you that a weaker dollar is positive commodities, yet you look at a chart of commodities paired with the dollar over the last three years and they've actually more so moved together this is not an inverse relationship since COVID. it's it's the exact opposite um the dollar and commodities rallied together uh when the fed was um uh, when we had kind of like an inflation type deal and the fed was hiking and now they've kind of backed off together so i don't know i'm not sold on the idea that this weaker dollar has to be bullish commodities i mean maybe Maybe it is now. Maybe we're back to normal. But uh, this chart in a vacuum, just looking at this, tells me that that relationship has kind of uh, fallen by the wayside here, at least for the moment. So on the flip side, the flip side of things yesterday, the Nasdaq gained 1.2% to hit its highest point since January of 2022. The surge was attributed to technology stocks rising on high expectations for artificial intelligence. In recent months, worries about slowing economic growth have hindered tech stocks. There have also been worries that rising tensions between the U.S. and China would hurt profits. The belief that the Fed has finished raising rates and a recession will be avoided also helped fuel the NASDAQ. Uh, the tech stocks have been amazing, up 47% year to date and within an earshot of all-time highs on the NASDAQ 100. Now, the NASDAQ is more volatile, so the NASDAQ's up 47% year to date. The S&P's only up 185 
but the Nasdaq was down 33% last year where the S&P was only down 18. So you see more volatility there, but it's, it's really pretty phenomenal the way that this stock market, not just the NASDAQ, but the S&P, the Dow, the way that everything snapped back uh, following this idea that the Fed is going to be cutting rates by you know, March of next year, I guess. What did cattle do yesterday? Cattle futures had a positive day on Monday. Feeder cattle futures clo closed an average of a buck 35 hot, 34 higher, excuse me. Live cattle futures closed an average of 67 cents higher, except for an average of 21 cents lower in the front two uh, front two contracts. Box beef also had a positive day. Choice ended the day at 295.75. That's up a buck 88. Select ended the day at 270.95. That was up 25 cents. Outside markets are quiet. U.S. dollars about flat. Stocks are off marginally. Bonds are up marginally. Crude oil is down 30 cents in the January WTI at 77.53. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you Wednesday.